There are mysterious parts in that book, but the only true mystery is that our very lives are governed by dead people. Welcome to the Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I am Frank Garcia, the three mothers. Hail. Ooh. I'm one of the three mothers. You're just one of the three. Uh, You're probably the mother of tears because I'm not sure I've ever fully watched that movie all the way through. So you might (laughs) as well be. Yes, of course, this is the Canon Canon, the podcast where we talk about Canon films and all their amazing output, as well as do our could have been a Canon's and hard pivots. And this month, oh, baby, this is our big hard pivot because it is October. So you know what that means if you've been listening. And if you don't, you still should know what that means. We are in Argentober. Argentober. Welcome. Welcome to Argentober. Argentober. Uh, Argentober. Yes, that's right. We are doing all Dario Argento films. And today... Uh, we do the Argento film. We do the parties for the Argento. I'm a Chris Pratt. I play with Mario. It is making me very happy that uh, the new Great British Bake Off, there's an Italian oh, yes. contestant. And he is like a, like, like, it's like you could not create a more Italian contestant. He is the Italian, our friend Alex Cordellis. Yes, he is. I was trying to think of who he is. He looks exactly like, like him and talks like him, but has yes. an Italian accent. But I he's was just, just like, oh, my him. son Giuseppe and my daughter Salvatore. And you're like, Whoa. He's like, oh, I love uh, the Neil Young. <laughs> I am in the cinnamon boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, today we are doing uh, Argento. And today we're also doing, we did uh, uh, a little poll on our Patreon. Uh-huh. Uh, to decide, uh, we wanted to help have our Patreon members pick what a couple of these slots would be. Uh, and uh, this one today was a winner by a landslide, uh, mm-hmm. our number one. Uh, uh, and that is, of course, 1980s Inferno, baby. It is the second part of the Three Mothers trilogy. Mm-hmm. And we will discuss if it truly was an intended trilogy. <laughs> Inferno. Argento Inferno! <laughs> Our favorite disco 12-inch. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, also, before we get into it, uh, and before we introduce our wonderful guest, because that yeah, is right, wait. baby. You have to wait. You have to wait. Just like you've waited for our Gentober, you have to wait for our guest, and you have to wait <laughs> for all this. But uh, speaking of our Patreon, which is, of course, at patreon.com slash the canning canon, uh, a couple things. We wanted to give a quick shout out to Brian Armstrong. Oh, baby. Brian, welcome to the Canon Canon. You are one of the greatest. I am excited. I'm excited for when you pick a could have been a Canon. Because if you didn't know, if you're a member of our greatest tier for six months, you get to pick what episode we do and give us a little intro. And we've already done Super Fuzz. Yep. We've already done Blind Fury. Mm-hmm. We have two more lined up. I know oh, yeah. what they are. And ooh, doctor, they are good ones. Uh-huh. Also, also, at least one of them is leading us possibly to do a backwards could have been a canon episode anyways. <laughs> like we're going to end right. up doing what this one is a sequel to. Mm, hint. Uh, uh, also want to give a shout out to Tony Farina. He is a longtime uh, uh, Patreon member, but is also up the ante because he realized he wants to pick what our could have been a canon is and he told me what it is as well 
And that's another one I'm excited about. I don't know if you saw that message, Frank, but uh, I did not. He's he's got a he's got another good one for us, and it's a movie that I've never seen, and I've always wanted to see, but there is never an opportunity in my life that I'm like I want to actually watch this movie until mm. we have a Patreon where people make us watch movies <laughs> where they the pay us the way possible. <laughs> yes, you have given us money so we can watch it. That sounds like a great deal for me. Yeah. Um, but we want to thank uh, uh, all of our Patreon members uh, and uh, as an extra bonus uh, for our Patreon members, uh, we finally, the Canon Bros are a bunch of adults yeah, we, know. we don't know how to use the computer system. We don't know no computers, but we finally figured out between the two of us, kind of, <laughs> how to set up our Discord on uh, 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 on the Candy Candy Patreon. So get on uh, Patreon for access to Discord. We already have some fun uh, threads and information going around on there. I think it's going to be a really fun canon resource and also just weird movie seen this on HBO when I was a kid a thousand yeah. times resource. Um, uh, and also on that Patreon, again, this is Argentober. Uh, we're going to be having a lot more bonus stuff. Uh, we mm-hmm. already did a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of full uh, commentary episodes. Uh, we have another spooky one coming. Yeah. Where a special mean? Halloween themed uh, commentary. The people i mean if you know the cameras i mean just do the math come on come on it's gonna be on a shirt yes do Do the the math math. (laughs) us angrily yelling do the math at you i think you can probably guess what we're going to be doing as a special bonus episode uh and we also have uh canon soundtrack corners especially because we got goblin stuff so i got a couple of those in the bag for you and we'll finally do the Ask Bronson. I've been sorry day. about that. That's my fault. <laughs> Life is hard. All right, it people. Is. What do you want from us? You know, we give you so much on this Canon Canon podcast and on the Canon Canon Patreon. And of course, we appreciate you for giving us so much uh, with your yeah. listening uh, and with your uh, sponsorship. But uh, yeah, join in on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the Canon Cannon for all that fun stuff. Uh, we're mm. going to be just keep throwing more on there. Uh, and uh, speaking of fun stuff, I mean, we're in Argentober. This is mm-hmm. a fucking, this is a great, I, I, I feel like we're living a dream here. Yeah, I've got my scarf on. I've got my tweed jacket. Fall is happening. <laughs> exactly. I've Check got my nice leather patches latte. on their shoulders, there, buddy. Yeah, uh, they're uh, they're patches that I made out of human flesh. Ooh, the spookiest <laughs> of human flesh. You've got your animal titles. <laughs> exactly. You've got. Your you don't talk animal. yet. You don't. Who talk. is that? <laughs> Frank, did you hear that? Who is speaking? You. you wait. <laughs> you wait your turn. This is Argentober, damn it, where we all wait our turns. <laughs> but, oh, but what was that? Oh, who, who was that? What was that beautiful The tone? whispering witches in the ether. So, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine, though, if you had you heard voices like that that were just like, it's supposed to be spooky, but it's like, hee hee hee. I'd probably start laughing. Like, yeah, I'd be laughing at something. <laughs> oh, great. Edward Nigma's here again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That fucking guy. I'm tired of his riddles. 
I, I always man, answer I can't very quickly. see the fucked up Riddler in the new Batman movie, man. He's <laughs> fucked up. He's got There's one tape, thing. Man. There's one thing I want out of a superhero villain. They gotta be fucked up. Oh, <laughs> this ain't your daddy's Riddler. <laughs> Wait a second. How old are you? Never mind. It is, it your, is daddy's your daddy's Riddler. Riddler. You've read a lot of Alan Moore, <laughs> and then you did a lot of shrooms and read some Grant Morrison, <laughs> and you're watching Doom Patrol, and you think, it's pretty okay. Um, so, if you hear that voice and also that bewitching laugh, you know that today we have a special guest for Argentober for doing Inferno, uh, a good friend of the pod, David Bluffband. Hi, hi, buddy. Yeah, Mr. Bloodband. Ah, it's I am excited. Thanks so much for having me on, you guys. I'm excited to talk about Inferno. 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 The title they shove into that beginning very quickly. I am so glad that you've got your Carmina Barina style <laughs> remembrance of what the names are, because I'm amazed how often I've watched Argento films and I can never remember what the names of the three mothers are. Oh, yeah. Uh, I tried uh, to watch The Mother of Tears last night after... I, I've seen Inferno many times, especially over the pandemic. It's, like a, it's, a, it's been a comfort watch for me. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And then, I, and then I tried to watch Mother of Tears last night. I was like, you know what? I should, they should finish off. The Mother of Tears trilogy. Couldn't, fell asleep immediately. Can't remember what happened. Don't know. I have it for two more days. We'll yeah, figure it out. might have waited a little long to uh, <laughs> oh, let that, yeah. take that fruit ripened on the, and then maybe did a little rotten on the vine there for that <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we are of course doing Inferno uh, and we've got Bluff Band here. Uh, uh, and uh, so, oh, we didn't even say, you are fucking David Bluff Band. I mean, fucking, Chris Gethard show. Broad City, yeah. baby. Yeah, uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Don't forget. She's marvelous. Yeah, you play a, a record store asshole. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. one of my favorites, you were in the Nick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know why I like that you were in the Nick? Because the Nick is a go-to reference that I have getting angry at anti-vaccine people. No. I think about the <laughs> Nick all the time because I'm just like, do y'all? No, you don't, because you didn't have whatever weird channel it was on before it switched over. No, but, like, do you remember funny. the episode when they realized we should wash our hands? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't operate on Bluff Band and just shove our disgusting, <laughs> meaty, wiped our butt. Hey, quit. Yeah, quit eating the maid's ice cream and just wash your goddamn hands. She's exactly. sick. She is sickly. This guy's losing his face over here. Like everything's going nuts. Yeah, it it was uh, watching that. I was just like, I was excited you're on it because I did enjoy that show. But I think about that all the time because I just think about like these very smart people being dummies because that's how science works. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I I that that was a show I was obsessed with when it first came on, and then when I got like to be in it, it was really exciting. But the thing I was always obsessed with that that reminds me of Inferno and Argento is that Cleef that Cleef Cliff Martinez score. Oh right, like that synth in, that synth Goblin inspired score, which I'm like, oh, this yeah. is so good. It's a very good score. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a very good score. Um, and, and you can see like the 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 roots that Argento's style 
has like seeped into pop culture with shows like that. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Wow, so cool. It Even is. Like the, yeah. Sorry. That's just come up already like a bunch of times. Argenta is just like real, like we know it, but it's just like realizing how much he has seeped in. And like, it's like, because I, as we, I think we said in both the episodes we've done so far in Argento films, like you could both not like Argento movie, like watching it. And then still like, you can't sit there and go like, he didn't do a lot of crazy shit. Like, and he, yeah. you know, it's like, there's like, he literally, there's like, you can't deny how beautiful it looks and you can't deny how crazy his concepts are. And you can't deny the amount of weird time they have put into a shot that maybe they didn't even need to put in the needlessly complicated shot. That he right. Made. I mean, you can, you can say that maybe he does too much and nothing he does is consistent enough to really say it's <laughs> like a conscious theme like it's just like and now i want and, and now i want to have an over the sh uh, like just well let's let's glide into the scene right, right. now like for no reason let's well have that's a yeah that is a big move when we realize like yeah you're like you're not going to be bored because he's he's mm -hmm. going to be he is going to be so bored that yeah. he's going to make every shot crazy <laughs> and you'll be like that one is a metaphor and then that one eh, I think he just wanted to do a crazy swoop over a person's head. Yeah, and Argento, I, there's some parts of me that with like with like a lot of Giallo directors is like they just want to plant seeds for things. Yes, and then almost none of them really pay off. But right. like, god damn, that's entertaining to look at. It's like all these yes. things. It's like wow. Yeah, there is no reason for Argento to do half of the shit that he is doing like but that is all like you said that is giallo's as a whole that's the beauty of giallo is that there isn't a reason for half of the stuff happening but there mm -hmm. is there's an internal logic yeah in inferno that is the interesting part to me is so Bob Ben, you've watched this like 20 times i argento is a director i watch so much i've maybe watched inferno once really maybe twice like That's it's just me. one that it, it like it there's something about it that never completely clicked and that is also why i was excited to have you talk about it uh just because it, it i i i see i it's it's one that it was like kind of a bit maligned because it was Suspiria was so popular and then it came out sure. and then now it's kind of like turned around uh uh but i it, it it's it's one that it feels like the logic escapes Argento maybe so much to me when I'm watching it. Oh, yeah. That I get too lost in that and get frustrated. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, I want you to guide us through it. Because, like, Frank was, like, watching it and was just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Wait, have you, have well, you seen it before, Frank? I saw it a long time ago in college, and I forgot all of it. And I, uh, I was like, oh yeah, no, this makes perfect sense. You know, the guy, the hot dog guy running across the lake to stab him. <laughs> this makes perfect sense. Um, and then they plan to, to rob the countess, um, but that's not part of the witch stuff, uh, even though they poisoned no, him. I, yeah, I, it's, it's one <laughs> of those things where it's like, it's, it, Suspiria has enough interesting things in it that I can forgive a lot of the plot holes 
And this one, there's a lot of great shots and stuff, but it's still like almost too um, abstract in yeah. certain areas and felt yeah. and like, you know, the story behind it, it makes sense when you know the story behind right, Inferno right. about him uh, battling hepatitis and like, oh, yes. There. And oh, then Baba yeah. okay, had to please. like film, which is funny that Baba had to do like a lot of that stuff because he lingers on those shots. Like we talked about, Jeff, we're like, yeah, we get it. We get it. Yep. Okay, move on. <laughs> yep. That kind of thing. Yeah. That that was the first researching for for you guys like this. That was actually the what I what I discovered was like that Bob actually like kind of took control because he was so sick, and that that makes the pacing of this to me make a lot more sense. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's so much more of Bava's aesthetic, just borrowing elements that like like you know the, really the only Argento y parts of this movie feel like the reds and the blues. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And and everything else just feels more like, because I think Bava is also a better cinematographer than Argento is, and like a has a, a much better idea for framing and that like, and like I don't know who the production designer of this movie was, but everything looks so like it reminded me of uh of uh what's the black and white Bava movie about the Black Sunday Black Sunday yeah there's a lot of this movie that reminded me of like the 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 scope of like Black Sunday where it's this like gothic horror story and set yeah. in this old house with all these catacombs and weird secrets. Well, cause yeah, and, and you yeah. see the connections a lot in Inferno, which is the plus, you see the lineage, yeah. you see the fact, you know, because as we're saying here- Spiritual like, sequel. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, cause like, Bobby, uh, you know, like Mario Bava is a chunk of it. Like, I mean, this, that's the crazy part. It's like Mario Bava helped him. Like, and did a lot of, the, a bunch of special effects things and the way he would do it. And then Lamberto Bava, who became, like, Dario's best friend, helped mm -hmm. as well, who is, his son, like, his son. But, like, you can see, it, this one helps see the lineage of Italian cinema, like, in that genre film. And be like, oh, right, Bava led to this, and then this led to this. Because mm -hmm. uh, it does have a bit where you're like, yeah, this is like Argento, but then this is more like blood in black lace. Right, and you wouldn't, and you wouldn't have a movie like Suspiria without Blood and Black Lace, specifically no. because of that color palette. Yes, and you have like, uh, you also have like, it. It also feels like a lot of Bava's stuff. It feels like Hammer horror inspired. Yeah, yeah. Because, of, because of this gothic manner, and even like um, Daria Nicolodi's character, the Countess. <laughs> well, you, have you guys talked about Suspiria yet? You guys yes. Have, mm -hmm. Okay. So, can we talk about quickly like Daria Nicolodi's weird obsession with like Kabbalistic magic? <laughs> because that's like, something that is a lot of people will. She is like Deborah Hill, like where it's yes. like Daria helped write uh, Suspiria and then had to fight tooth and nail to get a fucking credit. Which and then seems, on this one, uh, yeah, said, eh. It was too much work. And I was like, I get that, actually. I'm lazy like that, too. <laughs> I feel bad. It, it makes me feel bad. It makes yes. me like be like, ah, oh, but you should... I want your work to be out there, Darius. Yes. <laughs> like, it also is one of those... Because I heard your episode of uh, Deep Red, by the mm -hmm. way. It was great. Thank you. And uh, there's a moment... Because I know she contributed a couple of scenes to that as well, apparently. Yes. And there's a Jewish uh, uh, um, funeral in Deep Red. And there is a lot of Kabbalistic Hebrew writing in Suspiria on the walls of Helena Marcos's room. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see that. That's if great. You, if you look at the, if you go back here, there's like the, the Hebrew alphabet like is sporadically in there. Again, I don't know the names of these production designers, but they do 
a fucking fantastic sure film. and there's again a little bit so Darry Nicoletti is obsessed with Jewish mysticism in this way that makes me like I'm like I want to speak to you so badly like what is right. your fascination with she this speaks to you because <laughs> she, she speaks to me she speaks to my language exactly yeah. a, a jewish guy that's obsessed with magic and like <laughs> the weird like uh really hidden like um you know ancient jewish mysticism stuff that i right. think is very fascinating stuff that a lot of people don't really talk about and she just puts it in every like the three things that i know that she's written she's just kind of stuffed into this but this one feels like it's also like and it's a part it's it's like uh it's 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 like it like like i was saying before it's a spiritual sequel it's like um everybody wants some to dazed and confused right (laughs) right right got these same theories and and none of them have anything to do with the thomas de quincey poem that it's based on right (laughs) so that's the thing so we should talk about that a bit so like so in theory and we talked about early, and if you know Argento, like this is an important part of the Argento mythos, is that, so Inferno is a second part of a trilogy called the Three Mothers Trilogy. And Suspiria is the first one, Mother of Tears is the last one. But, and I was trying to think, are there other movies that are like this where it depends on who you talk to, if that really was intended, or if it is a retconned, uh, connection because Suspiria like the trilogy. is fairly right. Oh yeah, exactly. Like because like Suspiria is pretty uh, standalone, and they kind of have some reference, but it doesn't feel like it's set up for. We are going to then hard turn into like it really is about the three mothers. It's not about like and and from the get go of Inferno you know, you open on a book about the three mothers that we find out is written by Eve Varelli, who is a architect slash alchemist who found the three power points in the world, which are New York. <laughs> of course, you got it. Rome you gotta, and Germany, yes. You've got to set up a, a, a spot in New York. You just got to, for marketing purposes, you yes. just got to get yep. all the- you get you got the euro markets in germany and italy and Definitely. then new york is the hub uh, dario knew we needed to make america great again early on <laughs> <laughs> and he also knew when he was just writing this movie staring out the window on new york <laughs> like that it had it's, to be the big apple baby <laughs> it is so funny to me that this movie is set in new york like <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing about it that is new yeah. york no. they i mean they projected like the New York skyline or something in the background to make yeah. it look like, appear like it is in New York. <laughs> ah, the New Yorker building. Wait, where is this? Where is <laughs> what neighborhood is this in where you can... <laughs> I, yeah, I would love to know where that building is. Like, it's like, was he thinking it was like... I mean, it seemed like he was going for it, but then also, no, it would have been... When was John Lennon murdered? Uh, uh, oh, 81. 81, so, yeah. 81, so... Yeah, this, this movie predates it. But it, I, I think it is supposed to be like... Because, like, what is Suspiria? Suspiria is, is, is like, off of Rosemary's Baby. Yep. So they're, like... They're, it's, it's kind of fitting that theme of, like, ooh, gothic architecture and, yep. like, haunted buildings and New right. York City. It's, like, very... It feels like it's... It, it's like you look at a postcard of New York and try to map them <laughs> right around. And then are like, I wish this was more Art Deco. Like, I'm going to yeah, actually yeah, course, change gotta... how this works. <laughs> so 
Jeff, you're saying this building is supposed to be the Dakota? It feels like that's like, I would imagine that's one of the thought processes of the Dakota because if we've got Rosemary's Baby in the lineage and mm. like thinking in terms of these sort of like, uh, what would be the buildings that have the way lines, like yeah. sort of yeah. thing in the city. Uh, well, because, and that's also because I'm trying to fill in the gaps because, you know, this movie is, according to, you know, I read right before we started, Dario Argento's Fear, uh, the section on Inferno. Um, Love Band, if you haven't read, very good book. I'm very uh, curious to read yeah. it. It seems very interesting. I've ne- I haven't heard a lot of him actually speaking about himself. So yeah, very- I mean, I as I told Frank, I saw him at a Fangoria fan convention, and like, that's a hard, broken English conversation of a man sure. who hasn't done a huge amount of therapy on himself. Uh, <laughs> and that's what the book is. It's like he doesn't completely understand. He's just like, these are my ideas. They come to me, and I let them follow them. But like for Inferno, yeah, he said like if – Oh, if it's like uh, Suspiria is Snow White, this is Sleeping Beauty because of the one pinprick that the character has. After that, she's sent into a world of dreams, which also he's claiming that. And Daria, I'm pretty sure, is also the one who I think injected the fairy tale element idea in. Sure. Um, but he, the way he talked about it, he's like, I wanted this script to be just kind of like, full of symbols and full of everything. And so that uh, uh, you always were left like being thrown off of like, am I supposed to follow this character? No, I'm following this character. We, we will get into it even more. I feel like this is an example of, uh, I get that he's going for that. And then it doesn't necessarily translate into that he knows where everything is going. It feels a little right. bit like a lost thing where he's claiming yes. he knew where everything, how everything connected. There is and, a lot of like Lindlofisms in this movie that I also see from in like the leftovers reminds me yeah. of a lot. There's mm. certain moments. There's like, there's so many, I, I wrote down a couple of moments that I've always had questions about that never really get answered. And I've never really like, cared that much to like dig deep about what they mean but of, which of, is part of, of like, italian genre film you right know, exactly dig that, too deep yeah because it's just like some of it just could be interesting choices like the um like the pinprick i was like these are such quick cuts of these little there's a scene of a woman being hung for like less than a second yeah that just <laughs> intercuts with this operatic music that right. i'm and like, the what? paper doll getting cut the head cut paper off. dolls getting cut hands yeah, mm-hmm. the 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 classic giallo like murderer's hands, which never play into effect for the actual killings. No, they're just for these little cuts for the paper yeah. dolls. This lizard eating like a butterfly or something. <laughs> right. There's like all there's a lot of quick like almost uh, like I don't know like uh, they feel like. Um, like you know, in the, you know that episode of The Simpsons when they make fun of like subliminal messaging, and they just we just put like these images in there, and we see what what effect it has on people. It almost feels like these little things. There's like I wonder what it, I wonder what the audience would think if I just showed like less than a second of like a woman being hung, a lizard eating a butterfly, a right. guy making paper dolls. It's just like all these like flashes of like insanity. Right. Deep Red has that too with all those like children with like little yeah. Cute doll and uh it does and i think it's just there's something 
I know it's like it's a that's an Argentoism. Like he's just obsessed with kids and like you know the because yeah. uh, it's also a good way to get scary stuff in. It's just like oh no, yeah. like so Fulci. That, yes, Fulci is. I mean, uh, I mean, also I I like forgot. I think we talked about it in Deep Red that that's like that redheaded girl might as well be the redheaded girl in Fulci as well, like watching the tarantula. Oh, like, that little girl pops up in a bunch of stuff. She's yeah. also in um, uh, uh, Bay of Blood. She's one of the little kids. There you go. See, like yeah. she she had a fucking career of being a creepy kid. <laughs> <laughs> she got typecasted. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, I just think like Deep Red somehow, the, 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 the dots get connected a little bit more yeah, and there's more times in Inferno that are. I wonder if the hepatitis kicked in a little earlier than even he thought. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it, his brain was a little bit mushier. It's like his Tommy knockers, like oh, yeah. where it's like you know, like he's like this is his cocaine movie, mm-hmm. uh, but because it is a Lindelof, and, and, and because he has this like internal logic that is ununderstandable, yeah, you don't know if he has like that Lindelof vibe where like, I, I think we've talked about my biggest beef at the end of Lost was when he was just like, what the story was about was really the characters. Right, right. Like, right. no, it's it wasn't. Of, yeah. None of us cared. I didn't <laughs> give a fuck. About any of them. Like, I wanted to know what the fuck was going on with the island. You I mean, said you had an answer. That's also, that's a great answer to just the thing where it's like, well, I mean, we, I, I thought the show started one way and then we couldn't produce more episodes and then we didn't get enough money to do what I wanted to do. And so it, now this is the answer. Now this is what it was about. Right. Which, is, exactly. which is how, like, everything works. But, yeah. like, I, I definitely, I also can see, like, Argento being, like, with this movie is like, yes, I've done it. This is going to be the trilogy and I'll, and I'll answer all these questions in the third movie. Right. Like he Harry Pottered it or like fucking, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or it's all marvely, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like if you made these movies today, they would set up that book moment one in like Suspiria Mm -hmm. where they'd go through the whole mythology and then we'd play out Suspiria and then we continue with that book in the second. It'd be like, yeah, it's an anthology, a proper anthology. Mm-hmm. But I it'd mean, be very on the nose about being like, this is the theme of the, this trilogy. But that is the weird yes. part about Inferno is I think it's like, there's a little bit of a retconning into uh, TTMCU, the three mother cinematic universe. <laughs> right. <laughs> When you're like, I don't think that was really good. Like, I don't think you were going to really go for it. But I get it. Suspiria was popular, more popular and, than you thought. And you, so you also were like, all right, we should probably make sure this is also a sequel and have like some referential shots. Referential right. Because this, this is also like at the time when sequels were just starting to be like a big thing and franchises were like a relatively new concept. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure like after the, you know, after, you know, Suspiria comes out in 77. That's yeah. like right before Star Wars. Yeah, so and then, then the same year that okay. this came out was Empire. Yeah, exactly. Who uh, is so going I'm... to do the modern retelling of Inferno then? Like we, <laughs> if we've done Suspiria, or like, yeah, like I'm just like also picturing like a remember the fucking Universal Dark Cinematic Universe that went no. nowhere. 
Right, right. Like I, with that terrible Photoshop photo of like fucking like Benicio del Toro with fucking Johnny Depp. I feel like they've tried to remake this movie many times and it's always bad. Like, you know what? You know what? Right. Always sticks to my mind when I watch this movie, which is like, I feel like they're uh, that John Cusack movie that's a Stephen King. Uh, 1408? Yes, 1408. <laughs> There's a lot of things where I'm like, if Argento watched 1408, he's like, God damn it, maybe I should have put more ghosts into this story. Like, what if, like, maybe they're, they're like doing something that I probably could do better, but worse. Like, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just say it's just, I mean, also just on a quick, how did you feel about the Suspiria the uh, remake? redo? Um, I, I I like it as a movie. I think it's not, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it feels unfair to call it Suspiria. Yeah, it isn't. Because it's like not Suspiria at all. It's, it's something completely different. And I, it, I wish it was almost like called something else and just stood on its own as like, everybody just like obviously known it's inspired by yeah. Suspiria. Because there's not enough of the original Suspiria to do like, there's, I like think I love the color palette of the original Suspiria. I think it's unmatched. It's like yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I love this movie. And with um uh, uh with Luca Guadagnino's is that, is I that believe so. Uh, I loved his presentation of that idea, and it does. There's more dancing. Yeah, like like Argento just like didn't have that forethought to actually choreograph something <laughs> interesting into that. Like there's so there's so many visual camera cool things of that movie, but none of the characters have any interior life or anything. No. So we it's talk like, about I, it on the episode that in the original there is no dancing. It's yeah, like the worst dancing school that has ever existed. <laughs> what are you tell me? You're just gonna have just all these dancers and no. Jessica Harper was a trained dancer. I know. Yeah. Ugh, God, my heart. Jessica, I know, I like so you could do stuff for that. You could, you could like. It's one of those things where, it's like, clearly, it's not about the characters for Argento. You, I know you guys talk about this a lot. It's just like he's like a Kubricky, like that. All you people are my pawns, and this is my chessboard. Like <laughs> he does not care. Way. He does not care about actors or human beings. And you could see it on display in this movie where you're like, oh, if you're making them go through that, right? Yeah, I read, I read miracle. On them? Yeah. Oh, you're throwing cats on Daria Nicolodi. You're asking uh, Irene Miracle to hold her breath underwater for like Jesus 10 minutes. Jesus Christ. The first thing <laughs> I did, I said, what is your lung strength? Because this scene will be fantastically long. You, you know, know what's amazing? is in that book Keith Emerson, even, who did the uh, soundtrack, yeah. asks him and goes, so what is going on in this scene? No one can hold their breath <laughs> yeah. that long. And Dario's response is, yes, they can. You just yes, have to can. see. Do the math. And, and I got like, okay. Kudos to Keith Emerson because his score is great. I like his yeah. score a lot. It's beautiful. It's, it's not hard. Goblin, but it, it's well, like that's the problem. Love band is like it's hard because it's not Goblin, and I always go in thinking it will be, even though I know mm-hmm. it isn't. And as a big prog head, as the years have gone on, I've gotten less. I have less love for ELP for Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Oh, I see. Original band. And have actually grown to more love his solo stuff more, so that's why I can lean into it. Like I love the Nighthawk soundtrack; like it's yes, so ridiculously yes. disco in the best way possible. I, I love the Nighthawk soundtrack, and I love I love his work. I actually kind of got like introduced to who he was through this movie, and sure. I, I just because I hadn't I hadn't really heard of uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer 
Or I might have. I, I probably did. But I just didn't clock who. I just didn't you probably clock. heard the welcome to the man to the show yes. that never ends. And you're like, oh, oh that's, that's the them? Oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. don't know because most of their songs are humongous, like giant, bombastic, prog classical suites. Okay. Where like and like I've watched I watched too many docs on them as band and they're the cockiest fucking assholes uh, <laughs> right like, like they're just pricks like all around um, that's uh i i it, it is it's like such a hard thing to like top goblin because their their score is great yeah. and they're like that's a spurious score is something i listen to when i'm just like working and like mm-hmm. just i i can't get distracted by tv but i can't like be alone with my thoughts and work at the same time i just gotta play like yeah. This period soundtrack is great for that. Um, and But Keith Emerson does this, like, all this elegant piano music that the movie starts with and right. the, like, um, the Gregorian chants that are, like, come up over and over again are, are fun. And, uh, and, it, and it, like, does a good job of, like, creating this atmosphere for this, like, fantasy world. Because it's, like, I can buy that it's, like, sure, it's set in New York, whatever, you like, you know, shot for two days in like Sorrento or whatever. And just right. like, and just like, he like shot in a park somewhere. And uh, apparently the rats escaped. A lot of them escaped uh, where they record the rats seated. He talked oh, to no. someone. Yeah, he talked to someone who filmed after there and they were like, yeah, that's that that studio is crazy. There's so many rats running around. <laughs> those, those are like straight up voles. Those yeah. are like huge. Even he says yeah. they were big and they were like nibbling on that actor's ear. Like, yeah, oh, every everyone God. got put oh. to the ringer in this. I mean, that fucking it, the, the stunt. I think you did you read, Frank, that the stunt person broke their leg? Yes, I read that. Oh, you saw that too? Bluff? And then the, so that last scene, they're just like, you can do it. Don't but it's fine. Just go for it. So just running through fire behind plexiglass. <laughs> or uh, that actor's, our lead actor's uh, big mustache guy, his name is Lee McCluskey. And he is a, uh, he is a, he was a soap opera actor in the 80s. And something I found that was interesting on IMDb, he's a Juilliard guy. Apparently he was roommates at Juilliard with Kelsey Grammer. What? Oh, Kelsey. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my okay, goodness. Go. We've got two Kelsey's here. It's freaking me out. <laughs> it was very funny like picturing him as like if he w- if he played Niles, if Lee McCluskey was Niles on Frasier and just tells Frasier what he did this weekend. <laughs> just like, I, 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 tell me who you are. <laughs> There's this wild building in New York. You are not going to believe what is going on because I don't get it. I mean, I will say two things I want to say. Stop talking, like, talking about the Columbia building, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I agree. Like, Emerson works. I think Emerson was a good choice for soundtrack over Goblin in that it does add to the more gothic hammery vibe. Mm-hmm. Like Goblin would have ended up like been like here's a disco funk part <laughs> like that would have right. come through and they would just be like yeah sure whatever let's go for that uh, but they because of the bombast of Keith Emerson like I think it kind of guided uh, uh, the tone in a good way and has the craziness I mean the final theme is just an insane wild yeah. ride of a song. It's great. It's just like, uh, and I, and I can also see Argento at some stage in development, like thinking in his mind that maybe like 
a different person would score each movie for the trilogy. Yeah. He's like yeah. thinking that far of like, oh, well then I'll, and then, and then I'll ask Tangerine Dream to score the oh, third man. one. And then like, uh, you know, I, th- I think if he had put out Mother, Mother of Tears, uh, like closer to, like instead of Tenebra, which I love, I think is I a great it. movie. Yeah. I think it's a fun, that's a fun, uh, that's a fun romp. It is a fun romp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think if he did that, uh, it probably would have like, you know, because that's the first thing I saw of Mother of Tears is like, there's no, this color palette is totally different. So there's nothing like even really retaining the the thread of this right. like connection. He's older and tireder. Yeah. Like, it's just like, he just didn't like, it, it, and it's like nice that he got to do it for himself in a lot of ways, but I'd be very hard pressed to think people are walking around going like, oh, that's really where he nailed it. His mother tears. And this is not in a like, they're obviously filmmakers who make great films as they get older, musicians, et cetera. But it just like, Argento is a, is a tired man who maybe has lost the, the thread a little. Like it is like towards the end. I'm not rewatching Stendhal syndrome uh, oh, yeah, too much. No. <laughs> There's later Argento that's like, post this, it's kind of hard for me. Like even like, I love Phenomena. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because uh, I love seeing uh, Donald Pleasance talking to a, a chimpanzee, yeah. uh, but I also like opera has some very f- like cool, crazy scenes in it that are like, it's like wow, bullet going straight through a keyhole is like a whole scene that's wild. And but like post that, like once he gets into the nineties, I'm like, eh, there's something about this. I think it's maybe it's just about this time in history when you could make movies this way yeah of like when like even when you're talking about like listening to you guys talk about uh deep red and i think about uh you know david hemmings the same way as i talk about lee mccluskey or irene miracle or just like if you could as an actor find some window of like that's outside of the american studio system mm-hmm. like you can be like a cameron mitchell or uh like the like what uh fucking um what's the guy that uh tarantino created that is basically this actor let's leo what's leo's character's name rick dalton yeah yeah, yeah. you could be a rick dalton you could be a rick dalton make movies like in italy and in like uh and in france or whatever and be like just an american actor living abroad in kind of anonymity but just still like work as an actor right it's also a thing with later Argento, and we've talked about this definitely, Frank, is like, it's like not that them being monsters is excused, but there's a little bit more mental leeway when you're like, this was in the 70s. <laughs> this was in the early 80s. Yeah. It's not like, oh, uh, they, 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 sh- they really should have still known better most of the time, but like, it's a lot easier to stomach Italian sleaze and Italian giallo and Italian exploitation if it's like 70s into 80s like but when it's like either now where you're like Ozzy mm, is like 40 now like you gotta recognize that this is weird or like there's just so it's like it's 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 why also it's one of the things I've realized recently thinking about uh I wouldn't want to watch I wouldn't want to watch a scummy movie that's made by a filmmaker now. Oh, well, yeah. Because it is a lot more of like, are you really? Like, you have to work hard to have your blinders on. 
you know, it's to how the world works, to how humanity is, to like the fact that like the world has finally come around to the right side of history in a lot of ways, getting closer of like being like, all right, we're, we're all kind of monsters. Like we're recognizing a little bit more racism, misogyny, like sexism. There's just like a weird leeway in my mind that's still, it's not like it excuses it, but like you can just be like, you could really be in a weird bubble then. <laughs> right. But also you got to remember like there, there's also, because Bava was not a monster. No. From what I've, everything I've read about Bava was like he was just an, a, a kindly old Italian man. <laughs> yes, that's very good. Of course, I love this. Yes, and it's very like oh, like I, I wanna, I wanna have tea with Bava. Yes. Like, and and he was, and he, ne- he never treat, he never mistreated anybody badly. He was always like kind of nervous about violence on set of like if people were gonna be okay. So I like definitely exist. It definitely existed that you could be like a kind. I think just because of like you know, uh, sexism and, uh, you know, the, the sort of, and because of uh, the, the patriarchy and the idea of like directors get, getting on ego trips and, and, and uh, trying to uh, task master their crews or whatever. It's like a power thing. And they yes. are, and like Dario is definitely one of those guys that fell into those being like, you know, this very passionate Euro filmmaker that's just like, I have this vision. And it's just, man, if you existed, if you were like, if you were at your height, it, like as a millennial, you'd be in the strokes. So calm down. <laughs> right. right. Like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, like, you gotta taper that energy. Cause it's, you're, you can't work anymore with that energy. You can, and it's, and I'm not yeah. gonna, and I'm not gonna work for you with that energy. Right. It is the, it is just interesting. Like, it's like, you know, when people like are sad about the death of the auteur and you're like, well, but also, they're all jackasses. <laughs> like, I'd rather read about John Milius than actually ever hang out with the guy, <laughs> like sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you just start yeah, listening. Yeah, I mean, John Milius, John Milius is a better story than like a, a beer buddy, at least for, yeah. in my, in my, like, as right. like, like oh, you know what, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch your documentary, but I don't, I don't want to be like, sitting around and it's like, we need to arm everybody. It's just like, <laughs> hold on. I can't hang out with you right now, Milius. It's just such I an, uh, and I get it. Like, and I thought like, it's like, I don't expect the people who make my, the art I love to not, you know, to be these perfect human at all. But it definitely like, <laughs> there's just something about it. It's like an easier pill to swallow in my mind when they're old. And once they get, once they get into the age where you're like, okay, like now we have the internet, like now, like information's a little bit freer. If you never saw that uh, sexism is a problem, <laughs> like <laughs> somehow, <laughs> And it's like, it's thrown in your face. You have to be like willfully ignorant at this point. Um, uh, But yeah, I just think there's just something, uh, it's also just the beauty of, it's a weird, it's such a weird world, the Giallo world, because it's like, it's, it's like, like, did we, did we just, Frank, was it something we described it as this way of just like, I, I would say watch it, but I wouldn't recommend it. What movie were we talking about with that? Do you remember? That was... That was a what, a giallo? I don't remember. I just remember that's sometimes how I feel about just Italian movies. There's like a, there's a lot of giallo that I wouldn't recommend to like someone who has never seen a movie from the, like I wouldn't like Short Night of Glass Dolls is not right. like a first giallo I'd recommend somebody. Oh. That's more like a, that's more like a, oh have you watched like a bunch of like occult documentaries and are you okay with like. Uh, 
like poor dubbing like are you like is that then right. yeah maybe watch this one but like you know Suspiria is a good intro I feel like because it's so beautiful it's yes. like more of a yeah. it's like a great like it's stylistic it's interesting looking it's got like a you can follow along enough with the with the plot to like get what's going on right but for have you, like what I love about Giallo is just be, is this idea of you take so like Italian movies are, all, are trying to be American movies at that time, right? And especially in the 60s. And what's like the most, um, what, what's the, like the most influential horror movie to come out of the 60s that like cemented in pop culture? Psycho. Psycho. Right, exactly. So they're all trying to do Psycho. And of course, Psycho. all of Psycho. 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's a juggalo in here. Psycho! Um, <laughs> There's uh, they're psycho sexy. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, a shout out for you, my boy, my red hot chili peppers fan over there. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all all the all the GL, all the Italian filmmakers are trying to be Hitchcock. They're trying to be the ma- the new masters of the thriller, and like Deep Red and Bird with the Crystal Plumage are both like you know arguably psycho ripoffs. They're like right. trying to be psycho. And uh, and Suspiria is like a little bit like, what if Psycho and, and Rosemary's Baby were the same movie? Right. And it's they're, they're all trying to, they're chasing fads, they're chasing trends, they're chasing b- what's big in America. And it's like, it's like reading a, it's like reading a book about the entertainment industry from someone not in the entertainment industry. Like someone, like, like you ever read, you ever read the, the book about Manson from his lawyer? No. no. Oh, that's, that's great. That's like the first Manson book that came out that was like a big seller and it was written by his defense attorney, uh, Bugliosi or whatever. Oh, Helter Skelter. Yeah. Yeah. That, yes. And that yeah, one okay. is, yeah, yeah. And that one is about like that one has like a thing of like I remember listening I, I was listening to a podcast that was talking about this and they were talking about like oh yeah this guy doesn't know how the entertainment industry works Charles Manson was kicking around trying to sell his songs to anybody who would listen it's not like he was like jilted by some one producer that like sent him on a crazy ramp like he was like no he's been stewing for a while and he's just kicking around like listen to my songs listen to this listen to that. Like a lot of our, a lot of like uh, Italian horror, or our, specifically Argento stuff, or I would even call Fulci into this, is like trying to. It's rehashing that like last scene in Psycho. Yes. You know when the when the when the psychiatrist is trying to explain why uh, Norman Bates killed his mother, yeah. and it's like. Oh, it's like, it's obviously, it's antiquated psychosexual, you know, uh, yeah. sadopsychology that doesn't like, that doesn't hold anymore. But like, it's even at, like at that time, it's Italian filmmakers translating that and not like fully understanding what their, what the actual idea behind that is. And you know what I mean? then putting it through the lens, and we've talked about this a bit of like Italian culture, that it's, then when we see the reflection back, we don't we understand. Like, yeah, because yeah, we're like, oh, is that a thing? Like, is that how mm-hmm. it works? Like in nineteen seventies, like Rome. But it's and all it, a mis like communicate. Yeah, it's all like a it's all like filtered miscommunication for just trying to like because because Argento's like, you know, I I think he tries to do a couple of things that uh, um, 
because I, because Argento seems like he was a guy that wanted to uh, quote unquote freak the squares. Yeah. So he would like always put in subversive uh, ideas in there of like even Bird with the Crystal Plumage. There's a um, there's a uh, there's there's a trans person that's an offense that's like in the lineup. Yeah. And the uh, the detectives like put that put that person away like. She's not a pervert. She's a criminal. And just like, just like put him away, like separate them. And I'm like, oh, that's, one can read that as like, uh, oh, that's actually a pretty progressive, like kind of cool. It's like, yeah, it's sep- these are not, these are not deviants. The police are fucking assholes. Right. <laughs> for like corralling all these people. Well, we talked also- about that a little bit in Deep Red, because I mean, he talks about his socialism like mm-hmm. in the book, but like that, he, that is always the, both the interesting and also lays into the like, uh, like almost like be wary of who you would recommend these movies to. Because sure, of course. It is like it's still like a, it's still an antiquated like way of looking at it. Right, but it is like at the very least th- that is the fun part of Argento is he'll give you these sections where you're like, it's kind of progressive, and then also not. It's totally regressive all at the same time, which also is kind of the human experience. Like we, right, yes. like literally, that was it. I've said before, this is where he reminds me of like my old therapist from New York where I'm like, I think you were pretty progressive in the seventies when you were like an upper East side, like Jewish, like, <laughs> like therapist. And very much so. Yes. You're throwing back this stuff in me and you're like, and that's why the feminists are so angry or like, and then. The- oh yeah. There's, there's a lot of guys like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys from that generation that have those kinds of uh, that like, it's like, Oh wow. That's what progressive was back in your, I mean, like we've come a long way. Yeah. So it's, and it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of that, but I also, and I can definitely. Which is in like, this movie too, when they've got the, just like, yes. have you heard of the three sisters? Is that the oh, black girl God. group? <laughs> Oh yeah. Which is also like that's not the name of the book. The three sisters. It's the three mothers. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. I was like, did you just make that did you rewrite that to make that joke? Is that to make that, that joke? Almost like, is that a is that a translation joke and not an Argento joke? Or is that like a like I was so confused. But that's part of the fun of of Italian genre film is the confusion. Is the like right, why right. exactly is this happening? And that's why like same with Canon. Same with like the yes. with the with the Canon Bros. I was uh start, I I was listening to a, a to a uh, another podcast about uh, unmade scripts, mm-hmm. and that one of them talked about the Canon Spider Man script. And we mm-hmm. read it, and it was obviously written by Menachem Golan. Right. And it has those same types of lost in translation isms of like, is this a joke or is this just sexist and weird? And just yeah. like, why is this like, why is Dr. Octopus talking about controlling the world to his high school class? Right. Like everything feels like a little too like Saturday morning cartoon installments. Well, and that's the beauty of, can it like it came up on i think actually on with gorley and rust one of my favorite podcasts like mm. but they like canon came by just i meant to mention this to you frank they mentioned canon in a heartbeat like just like very quickly i think they were talking about new world pictures and they were saying corman uh talking about corman that led to can they just briefly were like maybe it's like not as scummy as kind of canon films and i was just like but because that's why we do the part of why we do the podcast and reevaluating and rewatching things is like can is so interesting because again on a cursory look they are scummy a lot of them but then you're like but these were made by Menachem and Yoram who are just these like 
lovable Israeli filmmakers who loved film and and it's like watching a like these movies are supposed to be the ultimate of 80s America and it's being given to you by these older Israeli men who only Mm -hmm. kind of understand America but and they're super conservative and And they're they're super conservative but they think that they're just like this is just fun Right, of course, like, which is like what that, that, that I mean, there's, there's also that thing that was like, there's not a fucking doubt in my mind that the uh, Yoram and uh, Golan and Globus would like not stand with the union. <laughs> like they would like absolutely like throw crew members under the bus. They'd fucking like. Because they did it in that last you? movie they made anyways. They threw them under the bus in American yeah, Ninja 4 or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> they don't care. They're they're monsters. They're like one of those things where yeah. like, this is actually, I'm like, I, I love, like, I do love, I did grow up, I, I did like, like I, when I was a kid, I had a VHS cover of uh, Missing in Action. <laughs> like the VH, the actual VHS. And then when you open, when I, it was, it was a hand-me-down from my cousin. And then when I opened, when you opened the, we took the VHS out of the sleeve, it was the octagon. So I just <laughs> had the sleeve of missing in action and then watched <laughs> the octagon a bunch. I was always aware of Canon films, but I'm glad that like those guys don't necessarily make movies anymore because they're fucking awful people. Well, it's the same <laughs> where like, again, like it's like easier. It's what I was saying about it. It's easier to look back. Yes, yes. Like, oh, they were of the time. Like, we're watching it now. And like, are you like, it is a, you got to understand what was going on at the time, but legitimately. But like, I mean, me and Frank have talked about how we're going to, we'd like to write like a canon style film, but it is figuring out how do you do that? Like, yeah. Yeah. How do you, it's, it's tough to have like, I tried to do that too. Me and, me and a friend tried to write like a, like after we saw, um, and these movies get made still. Yeah, the rocks action movies are like very similar in not in like tone, but in politics to yeah. the Cannon Bros movies. They are mo- they they are action movies for moderates, but they're really for like right leaning, like go America. Like when San Andreas came out, right. uh, my friend and I, a friend of mine, uh, uh, another a- another action movie fan, John Trowbridge, we tried to write uh, like a parody of that. That was like a very right wing leaning. Uh, action movie parody about like a, a tsunami that killed everybody except like a surfer that saves everyone. And uh, we, and then like once that 2016 election was like, not even once it was decided, once the politics were like seeped in, like, once, once the country started getting like super toxic with like everything just started seeping through, we were like, wow, it's like not as fun to like pretend to be these types of characters because they're like, it's so, it's too real. Yeah. So it's tough now. It's tough to make like a canon, an 80s like action movie that way. Whereas it's like making, you can't make true lies again. Right. Uh, And that's like a 90s movie. But that's like, because you can't like, it's like you can't, you can't make a movie about about terrorism in that same way. Like you can't. Right. I think that's the thing. And it's finding the weird, uh, because you also wouldn't want a progressive action movie per se. It would be like watching like conservative sketch comedy. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like, oh. You can't lean too far into the other one because like, there's nothing unfunnier. Well, because then like, you'd be trying yeah. too hard to be like, you see? 
right. we're doing the progressive version of Invasion USA. And it's like, because, well, but like, the whole yeah. fun of it was that it was like a wild ride. <laughs> I think yeah, they made because... fun of that on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, really? When oh, they're, really? Yeah, they're, they're, their favorite movie that they like always have an episode about like every year uh, gets a, a kind of soft reboot or a sequel that they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, I mean, and to pull it back to even what we are talking about here uh, is mm-hmm. like to redo Inferno. Yes. Uh, it wouldn't make any sense because again, like it's what you said about Suspiria to me. It's just like, all right, cool. You're going to remake Inferno and we're, you're not Argento. We're not coming to this for tone. We're not coming to this for cinematography. So you're going to tell me you're going to remake this story. Great. What's the story? Right. What's the story? What is this movie? What is going on? Are you going to connect the dots? If you connect the dots, is it even fun anymore? Like, is it like, or is it totally like we want to almost not understand why cats are being so punished in this movie? The cruelty to cats in this movie is so, so I did, I did my best to try, like, to try to actually write down, like, if you were to remake this, what are the beats? Because there's no story. There's no story, but there are several, like, acts in this movie. Frank, we could have used this when we were watching it last night. I I know. We watched it. It's so the first thing Can that I just say before you give us this great beats is I want to say what did actually help me watch this is I was so unbelievably tired. It was a very long weekend and I certainly fell asleep at a couple points and it did not necessarily affect how I watched the movie. It felt mm-hmm. like it added to the dream quality of what the fuck is going on because I went backwards a couple times to be like, I think I missed something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, no. this movie punishes you for, not, for looking away in any sense, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like Highlander in that way. It's just yeah. like, ah, well, when did this happen? Uh, <laughs> There's like, uh, so it starts off with Irene Miracle, our, uh, uh, I can't remember, Rose, who Rose. plays sister. Irene Miracle's reading the book. We don't know how she procured it, but she's reading the book by Eve Varelli. Yeah. And she uh, bought it from the antiquated bookstore, but why this guy is giving it out, mm-hmm. unsure. It seems <laughs> to be Kazanian, an issue. By the way. Mr. Kazanian, by the way, great villain. Maybe one of the best villains of all time. I think yeah. he's such a funny character. Older Billy Drago. Is what uh-huh. I yeah. like, he <laughs> definitely he was like. crazy eyes, crazy face. <laughs> yes. He also looks like that guy. Is Billy Drago the guy from The Untouchables? That's who, Billy Drago. Yeah, okay, yeah, He's also saying. the guy in Invasion USA who gets his dick shot out and thrown out yes, of the window by yes. Chuck Norris. Oh, right. Okay, funny. Me and my friends used to call him crazy eyes, crazy face growing up. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose writes a letter to her brother Mark because what she's read in this book is so shocking. And she and then she takes a dive because we don't know why we don't know why she goes into the cellar. We don't know why uh, the snake brooch that she drops is so important that she dives. We don't know what this house is. This no. <laughs> why is there a sunken ballroom in the underneath, underneath? The basement and water to also it's the why shining? It's the shining ballroom. Yeah, but why? Besides that, it's the shiny. Exactly. We, but, and that's the Lindelof, right? Because you're just like, mm-hmm. but why? Oh, well, because it's like a dream. 
And you're like, get the fuck the, out of here. Yeah. In the third movie, we're going to address all this whole, what this building really was. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, you shouldn't have fallen asleep, love bandit. Mother of tears, it all gets connected. <laughs> By the way, Rose is also like uh, your relative who's been on Facebook too much and has seen too many conspiracy theories about things. So it's like she's writing you letters. It's well, like, you got to find out about Invermectin. I, th- well, I think. The- yeah. I think well, my neighbor is the Ted Bundy. I think my neighbor is one of yeah, those. Exactly. <laughs> really the true crime. You know, like only murders in the building type of 100%. thing. 100%. Yes, 100%. Well, I was thinking of that too. Well, that, that's a connection with Suspiria. Supposedly, like, these, the, those characters are written as children or, like, little girls. And that's why they still have approach it that way, where it's, like, very inquisitive and, like, can't let it go. Oh. Or at least for the women. For the women, of course, of course, for the women. But also, you know, women—they are shitting on them left and right. Like they like poetry. They're like just not too fair to understand it. Like they're more susceptible to these ghostly stories or whatever. Tell you something about chicks, okay? They love it. Go read that. Go read that. Yeah, let oh! me see. Yeah, mate is superiorum. Mate lacrimorum. Oh. Little Miss Muffet set up my tenebrium. Boom. <laughs> so she jumps it, she jumps into a hidden ballroom that is mm-hmm. filled with crystal clear water. And yeah. corpses. And corpses. Well, so yeah, many corpses. Not- she can look under this water. That corpse did not uh, in any way make this uh, water that was irritating to her eyes. No, it's because it's chlorine. Yeah, it's yeah, chlorine. yeah. It's water to keep it clean. Well kept. That's the nice <laughs> part about this building that has a basement that has a funky kind of sweet smell, which is like New York when it smells like pancake syrup, and you're just like, oh, what's going oh, yeah. on? <laughs> now, there is the Mater Tenebrarum, I guess, crest. There's Painting? like something that says Mater Ter- yeah. Tenebrarum in the like the underwater catacombs, whatever. Yeah, and that solves called. everything. What does that and mean? It solves everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get, and then we cut to beautiful, uh, I'm going to say, even though I'm probably wrong, Wagner. Uh, but because we just got to classical music class. By the way, all of this takes place in April, uh, which is very important to know. They are not going to let you forget that. It is <laughs> fucking April, New York, April in Rome. And then at April. some point, what is the wording? They're just like some other time in April or something. Yeah, it was like so also confusing. In April. Also, also in, in April. April. <laughs> so, the timeline is so confusing because I don't know when it, it it's not. Because but when we cut to the, the music class back in Rome, it's Mark is in class and opens the letter. So yes. she's already written this. All these events have happened. Right. So the event. So the events quick mail. Happened. April. It was quick postmarked mail. April 30th, I believe. Oh, I didn't even. I could be wrong that. on that. So that could be wrong. Um, That's funny. By so the way, a writing also in April as a subtitle is what you do in your first draft when you're like, yes. I'm really losing the timeline. 100%. I'll go back. I'll that's what I, that's what I felt too. That the, to me, that's to me that was like a thing in the notes for the first draft that never changed. With he all the put editing. a little mark in his margins, Argento, and he said, <laughs> "Come back to this." And then all of a sudden, he went, "Oh, my hepatitis!" <laughs> all right, all right. I I just have to write ten pages today. I don't care what they are; they just have to be written. And that was like, 
Stop <laughs> looking out the window, Argento. Stop looking <laughs> yeah. out the window, Argento. You've got to get to work. Come on. Don't get another, don't get another muffin. Just write this. Write these pages. Come on. I'll just That's make a sandwich. You... I'm going to get hungry. <laughs> That's how you deal with hepatitis or how you feel it. <laughs> oh, I'm a hepatitis. Oh, hepatitis. Come in. Oh. <laughs> oh, I got diagnosed with hepatitis in April. Oh, oh. <laughs> By the way, I want that record player that they're using. That insane, like, oh, yeah. three-level. Yes. <laughs> and that there are 300 headsets for every student. So many students. That, so music many class, students. that music class in this, yeah, insanely packed music major <laughs> college reminded not- me of my screenwriting class that I have complained about on this podcast. That was a totally fine class, but the days before we could all watch it easily, they made us, we're like, we're watching Chinatown because this is fucking screenwriting mm-hmm. class. You got to find out about that water motif that Robert Town put in there. But <laughs> what did we do? We watched it over like five classes. <laughs> like we didn't just watch it once or at home. And I, every time we'd have a class, I'd sit there and be like, I'm paying like $30,000 to go to school. How much am I paying to watch five scenes of chinatown get out of my face i think that guy as a teacher of eight years i think he was just filling in time yeah no, that's have a full curriculum it's I, I, that's that's like that's like my seventh grade teacher throwing on goonies at the oh. end of the day being like i just can't deal with it this you guys watch goonies the rest of the day so uh, they're in music class they're in yeah. music class and she so did you guys catch this is what i thought i don't know if i i i, did, I didn't cross-reference this but that woman in that class with the cat mm-hmm. that's mater lacrimorum yes right she is the mother of tears that's the mother of tears that's it. that is the mother of tears yes that's they that, don't yeah, it took me a while that. to figure out like does they do not explain that but i was like that must be who it is that's maybe argento just knew wikipedia was going to be a thing he was like nostradamus yeah. and he knew someone would be like by the way check out that hot woman yes like with yeah. a cat uh, her eyes are great, and she looks. Like are, yeah, she's and, is, she, is she the same woman from uh, from Tenebra that's yes. uh, accused of shoplifting? Okay, yep. so I thought same she woman. Was familiar. Yeah. I so, thought it was Caroline Monroe for a second, uh, who was also yeah. like in a lot of yes. Italian. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The Luigi Cazzi like, type of yes. yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. She does look like Caroline Monroe. Yeah, it's like uh, Stevie Nicks by way of Liz Fair kind of. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that beautiful white cat that she's holding, and then uh, that cat was oh, very it, well it, behaved. It must have yeah. not have known what it was to come to uh, the yeah, well, it, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I was gonna. It knew it wasn't gonna get thrown. By the way, like, uh, to, like, to imagine, like, Im- like, okay, we're all on set. Who's throwing those cats at Daria Nicolodi? A bunch of eighteen-year-old PAs. That's yes. who. yeah, definitely. And they're just like, all right, now, okay, now when Daria's gonna call action, you guys are gonna throw the cats on Daria. <laughs> <laughs> and what a day like, no i want to smash the cat's head against the <laughs> the, the, the the chair i want overhanded. to curb stop the cat <laughs> that was very disturbed as a, a cat owner uh that was yeah. very disturbing to see especially throwing like they literally put a bunch of cats in a bag like that shot with i mean not that was a mechanical thing when it goes out to the i mean i am supposed to be says. central park but but that William Lustig says that love band. William Lustig, <laughs> who helped on this, and we all know that we stand behind that he definitely wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Right. The maker of Maniac and Maniac Cop and the man who let me see Rolling Thunder for the first time at an anthology film screening. Cool. Uh, yeah. 
It was a Lustig screening. That's where I saw Rolling Thunder for the first time while he wore oh, sweatpants and, and sat on his knees on the back of one of the chairs like a child. He <laughs> like, this is one of the best movies I ever seen. <laughs> uh, William Lustig is the last person's knees I ever want to sit on. Yes. <laughs> like a weird... <laughs> Uh, but like, uh, oh, Mr. Kazanian has like, uh, you guys mentioned this in, in the Deep Red episode, but there's a bunch of titles in this thing that I feel like uh, these are things that Dario wanted to make a movie about, like the, host, the House of Peacocks in Brussels. Those are all them. certainly giallos. Like, um, I wrote yeah, that. Like, like, House of Peacocks is like totally, I would see that on a triple billing with a strange uh, case of uh, Mrs. Worda and like <laughs> all the colors of the dark. And then yeah, I stick around for your vices, a locked room, mm-hmm. and only I have the key. Um, there's those movies that, like I haven't seen the House with the Laughing Windows yet, but that it's it seems like one of those like oh wow I would lo- what is love band this is how snobby I am I'm mm-hmm. such a pain in the ass I realize there's a place where you can actually rent movies in Pasadena right it's two Ooh. blocks from the Michael Myers house um, so of course I'm there all the time because yeah. I'm a crazy person but. I went in, got my membership, and what was the first thing I said? Yeah, I'm looking around, and I don't really... Uh, do you have House of the Laughing Windows? And then they're like, oh, we actually don't have that one. I was like, hmm, the Italian section's pretty good, though. But yeah, okay. <laughs> and then, Frank, I followed it up with, like, do you have a Canon section? And they're like, no, we got a Corman section. I was like, not exactly the same thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'd be snobby, shit. too. That's, that's I do like, a podcast. I'm sorry. I'm just sometimes we're looking for some deep cuts, but whatever. It's, <laughs> you know, that's the laughing window's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but, like, to, to, but, so my main question to you guys is, like, why does Sarah go on her little excursion to figure things out? Because she takes Mark's letter. Which she we, reads we don't know something why. in the letter that intrigues her enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's killed pretty much instantly well, as soon as we meet her. She knows that something is up with her friend. Yes. Uh, blind guy who looks like a guy from Workaholics. Um, <laughs> and he, she's like, that's strange. And then she sees, reads a letter, and maybe she makes the connection as like, something's uh, a foul here. <laughs> I have to fly to New York. Yeah. Uh, well, does she fly to New York? Or she no, she goes no, to she the library actually. in Italy. Like right, like that because that was the confusing part to me. Is like, what makes her go to the library? Well, Why did you know, read the letter well, and think I have to figure this out. I guess I'll answer your question with a question, Bob. And what makes you when you get like, I don't know, a Facebook post from some obscure relative, like about how uh, you know they're trying to control us uh you know through the vaccine and you're like you're crazy and then someone else in your family gets and is like wow makes sense <laughs> i think that's what happened where the first the brother was just like what is up with my relative like my sister i don't know about this uh i got bigger yeah. problems with my hands maybe i have i mean he, an issue. Got, he, he caught like consumption in that class right that's like what whatever it that seemed like. Yeah. <laughs> like he got like the chills and then just left Reminds me of like when I get diarrhea in college and I'm like in the middle of class and I'm like, oh, oh, oh I'm just sweating it out. Are you there, Rose? I can't hear you. What's going on? Yes, she reads something. She, we don't, I don't think we see it, but again, it's like left to our devices. It must have been something to terrify her enough to make her hunt out a library. Yeah. 
It's, it, she, she, she looks for the three mothers, this old, I'm going to guess alchemist is in the basement of that Italian library. By the way, very and easy to find this book. She walked in and he was oh, just yeah. like, do you have the three mothers? Yeah, it's right there. Right behind yeah. you. I mean, like, literally. <laughs> you didn't even have Next to Next to Dan Brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Inferno. It's right there. It's right there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Doing decimal system. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so I want to ask then about so they she yeah, she stumbles upon the alchemist who we find out every time I say we find out, let's put it in quotes for Inferno. Because we don't I don't think we ever really find out anything. We don't find out anything. But in theory, <laughs> again, with Dario is Nostradamus that Wikipedia was going to exist at some point. Uh in theory, the alchemist who is in the basement is the architect who wrote the three mothers. In theory. In, I guess so, but then I, was, then, I, oh. then I thought that was also, I thought that was the old man in the wheelchair. He is. Myra? Is he also Varelli? I think so. Okay. I don't know why, why they have crazy hands when you take off the giallo gloves, which mm-hmm. unneeded. He took off the giallo gloves to maybe almost shove her face into boiling lead slash gold. <laughs> yes. And then was like, nah, I got a better idea. <laughs> like, let's do, or did she, did, did I might have fallen asleep. Did she get into the gold? No, in she didn't no. get. She didn't get. Uh, uh, oh, she escaped. She yes. escaped. But it is yeah. it, that, that witch hand is the same type of witch hand that's in Suspiria. So it right. also makes me feel like they made this movie kind of like it's like jazz, baby. It's like on the fly. Like they're just making choices. <laughs> Do you imagine maybe there was somewhat like? I mean, I would like to imagine Daria at certain points was just like, I think we've forgotten this is actually Suspiria's sequel. Right, yeah. And our some... was like, wait, do we have the hand? Bring the hand, we'll have the hand. I don't know. <laughs> just trying to put, is, is, it is one of those things where it's like, was that, a, it also, I kind of want to be like, was that a reshoot of some right. sort? Of like, I also don't think he's answering notes <laughs> from anyone. No. He's answering yes, the notes. Even though Only Daria, was, briefly, but you know, hard to but tell. But this movie was distributed by 20th Century Fox. Crazy, yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah, if like thinking about that, of like. But then also didn't get much of a release in America. No, so. but they, but someone knew that was like Suspiria was huge. This is going to be big, and then it just kind of faded yeah. away. I think I, I do want to kind of blame because this did come out the same year as The Shining, which is like you know the end all be all of like hotel madness. Mm-hmm. So if like if if that movie is gonna come out, I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. Yep. Comparatively. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't grip you the same way. So are we? I guess here's the other thing though too. So this woman who got the letter, mm-hmm. and maybe you were gonna pose this question, goes into the basement of the library mm-hmm. uh, because they're trying to close, and I guess she's just trying to escape with the book instead of just renting it out or something. Very confusing. There's an exit sign that takes you to the basement, so she's yeah. totally like it's not. She her was fault. in the right. It's, yeah, yeah she was it's like when right. you just go down the wrong hall. Um, so, are, I guess like is this library close to the third point of the cabalistic tri- like triangle? That's- that's what I thought at first. That's what I thought that maybe, but it never plays again into the movie. And I'm, I, I don't even trust the mother of tears is really going to go into it. <laughs> but like, no, yeah. but, and also if the guy in the wheelchair who is being taken care of by his nurse, who spoiler, we will find out is. Death. Uh, Death. Death. <laughs> so he can, is he going back and forth? 
I don't know. I, I wonder if, like, <laughs> who is E. Varelli? Like, who right. is this mystical person? Like, it, it seems like they're trying to build up this mythos. Right. But there's no, there's no foundation. There's just, they just keep, like, adding new red herrings, new details. Because the, um, the woman, because, like, you, you think that the... Um, Valley, the woman from uh, uh, who's also in Suspiria, and yep. she's also in um, the Third Man, the Orson Welles movie. Yeah, uh, there and the Butler. The uh, do you think they're working in consort? There, there is no supernatural thing. Right. They're working in consort, but to, instead like, they're just yeah, thieves. They're just thieves. But then, and, and there's that moment when Mark is Mark. Mark is uh, like, um, you know, he's fainting from heart failure or whatever. Right. And the, and Veronica Lazar and Valley are looking down at him as like, oh, they're they're also a tag team together. They're they're like in tandem. But then you realize that they're not they're not a part of that. The, she's yeah. like Veronica Lazar is the the is orchestrating everything. You're, you're I guess to assume. You're right. The nurse. Like I, I guess like I I only know her from the Beyond is the only other thing I know. Yes. That. Uh. I don't, I don't know. I mean, every ant, every question leads to an, I don't know. Like it yeah, really, why, like. Why did they hide the meat when he came in? Yeah. No, re- no. And who was that guy that was with her? Was it the hot dog guy? Oh, it might've been. No, they don't look the same because of the guy that was with her looked like a, like a kind of like hipster kid or something. That's what I thought too. Cause that was, cause that also, I mean, we gotta, we can't not end this recording without talking about Kazanian's death of just like being killed by that hot dog guy underneath the <laughs> eclipse. It's like right. one of the funniest scenes ever, ever, ever shot on film. Cause it looks, yeah, it's, it's so out of know. I've completely forgot about it. <laughs> it it's just so made funny. me laugh so, so hard because He's like, help. Yeah. And the hot dog guy's like, oh, no, let me go the body. And then he goes, <laughs> oh, geez. He's <laughs> just like, oh, he throws down his hat. Like, oh, I got to help this guy. And then yeah. flat, flash. Flat. It's pretty fun. dog meat. Do you think, well, because like at first, that death is unconnected in some way. Like it's like, except for. And this is, again, part of the idea of the three mothers is that they exist to wreak havoc on the earth Mm -hmm. for their own power, which is a, 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 you know, a fun but also lazy maybe get out that Argento has in his brain that like everything that you're not like, wait, why is this happening? It's just because, yeah, it's the it's the mother. It's the witches. It's It's the the witches. They just decided to make things crazy because that guy's death is totally unclear that it's connected to any of this. It's just happening. And it's just just like, yeah, don't fucking throw cats in a sack into the fucking river, into a lake in the middle of Central Park. Because remind you, that is one is actual in New York. In theory, that is that not. that character's death is that seventies eighties thing of like, well, we got to know which character is like really bad, you right. know? Like they're gonna say they're gonna be racist or they're gonna hurt animals or they're yeah. they need to die, like, and then, but it has nothing to do with the three. I mean, unless the, he's very concerned about the eclipse, nobody else mentions anything about an eclipse. And that's the only time it's a thing. It's the only Briefly. time it's really a thing. It's not mentioned in the in the book about the eclipse. 
this both would it make sense and make sense are the cats happening because of the mother of tears yeah because they're every time cats yeah. are near is when we have the benevolent kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know the 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 um the presence of evil or witches yes and all this is still like to say that because you know these these movies the mother the whole theory is based on the thomas de quincey poem and thomas de quincey was a 19th century poet who was a heroin addict an opium addict right and he was like a jack kerouac of his time he would wander around and write about things while he was high and just like totally like and this the suspiria de profundis his like epic fantasy psychological horror poem of prose is all about is like him just totally fucking hallucinating and the three mothers section of that poem is like man isn't it crazy how women are fucking evil and just will like ruin your life and just like it's all this like horribly misogynistic rambling of a fucking drug addled lunatic so it's like one this it's like one of these things where you like you research occult history like so much farther and you get into these like oh whoa there's all this racist undertones yeah. to it this is, this is wild why does it have to be this way it's like can't it just be fun and it's just like, i know no. really ruins the fun of it right yeah. Like, yeah that's like same with conspiracy theory it's just like you always got to ruin it by being anti-semitic don't you yes. conspiracy right. theory? <laughs> like like i was just a, i was with you and i was on the ride and then all of a sudden right. you're like and then, then these the ancient rats. space jews yeah and then these <laughs> ancient space jews came and taught all of the savages english it's like wait a second what whoa. are you talking whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> there's gonna be a fun anti-capitalist screed here yeah <laughs> like i thought this was gonna be a a, a floofy do kind of horror fantasy like right. you know thoughts well, that's on amazing universe. that he is uh you know a, a drug addled writer and then it's through the lens of uh an italian genre director who already it's sometimes hard to see what his imagery is mm-hmm. and he's got hepatitis yeah and he, and he doesn't have the healthiest half of it. <laughs> he doesn't have the healthiest views about women or sex. Like he does not. <laughs> he's like, never he's not, understood. He shouldn't have his like twelve-year-old daughter raped in a movie, like sort of shit. And you're yeah. like, that's pretty base level. I mean, but you do actually. I will say, you see that. Not this is not even a. This is you see it in his book that he's like, basically like not a great father he's just like he's always gone he doesn't completely understand why like you know they're upset or this or that throughout his life i watched a document an italian documentary about giallo during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. they interviewed daria nicolodi they interviewed a couple of people there's a very it seems like i mean there's obviously lots of stories about toxic relationships on movie sets here but in italy it seemed also to be like one of those things was like wow it's second it's like always happening it's like yes. part of the industry of like oh what? like and there and it's from like you have you know, to have the director of toxic relationships on set to make sure they're happening right right times. right yeah like, it's like the uh what's it's like the uh the uh the intimacy coach on the set it's like yes. a toxic relationship coach on the exactly on the <laughs> why don't you all just fuck each other let's see what <laughs> yes. happens when we do that and uh, make sure no stuntmen. And if they happen, oh, no. break a leg. Yeah, you there. Yeah, you there on fire. Yeah. 
You haven't set enough hair on fire. Make sure. <laughs> funny, funniest thing you say, setting hair on fire. Something I read about this dude, Thomas De Quincey, was that was a big thing that he had a habit of. Because <laughs> he wrote... <laughs> Because he wrote by candlelight all the time because he's in the, you know, the 1900s. Yep. And he was always like fucking, you know, doing opium. So he'd fall asleep. <laughs> Not enough. He was fucking and he'd light, his hair, and he'd light his hair, hat, and wig on fire. Oh so my God. Set my wig. This messy bitch. This oh, guy. Fuck, I have to go to bed. <laughs> uh, maybe just uh, a little bit more opium. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe if I, maybe if I just smoke a little bit more hash, oh, <laughs> just to take the edge off. <laughs> so when we just to looking at time, when to get mm-hmm. to like, so oh, yeah. they Paul ends up going a lot. Like, is it because Rose gets murdered? Right, that's why Paul finally goes to New York. No, he was there. Uh, Sarah gets murdered. Sarah, the girl. Sarah gets murdered. And then he's like, oh, this is true. Like, I, this is, I really got to get in on this shit. It's unclear. Again, I was sleeping. I was hard to follow. It's unclear. Like, okay. Sorry, Frank. No, it was, she called, because the sister called him. Mm -hmm. Remember? And then the phone was breaking up and he's like, what's going on? (laughs) And then. I'm sorry, Rose. I can't hear a thing. (laughs) <laughs> Frazier um, I've been so doing then, that to my dog all morning of like Rose I can't hear you <laughs> but then he so he, he like realizes you know this is weird and then he hops on a plane to go to New York to then visit her and they just happen to have her key and they're like yes stranger I guess you're her brother go on up sounds good I just assumed I thought she'd be waiting for me. I don't. I don't who understand. Are you? Who are Tell you? Tell me who you are. You. Tell me who you are. And then he meets Daria. He just sounds like. Well, he just sounds like um, the guy from Arrested Development. What's uh, and Larry Sanders show? Oh yeah, oh. From, uh, he sounds like Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, Jeffrey Tambor. Larry. Larry. <laughs> hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Suspiria. Hey now. It's Suspiria. <laughs> Hey, now, we've got Mater <laughs> Suspiriorum. <laughs> so he meets Daria when he gets in there, and she's a countess. Yes. And they... I wrote, I wrote down her name. It's Countess Delon Van Adler. Oh, you gotta have a Jewish name, Daria. You're obsessed <laughs> with the Jews, and that's why I love you. She really Was she Jewish at all, or was she just obsessed? No, I don't think okay. so. I think she's just very, like, she's one of those people that feels, I, I don't know, she's, it's like, she's like Madonna. Yeah, she's I like, was about uh, to ooh, say, is she like, Madonna? It's like, it's like magic. I'm fascinated. Like, okay. okay. Right. And, so, and But then Daria gets murdered. They, like, kind of go on a hunt, kind of. Like, her character, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not Sorry, much of a character. There's not, none of these people are much of a no. You don't know anything about any of these characters except their names and the last three things they said. Right. Like, that's all. <laughs> there, there are pipes that connect all throughout the building that, for some reason, only Daria and um, Mark's sister Rose, uh, Rose. Right. Mark. It's Mark and Rose. Right. And then Sarah was murdered in Italy. All these names. Yeah. Because yeah, none of these characters, they're all they all look the same. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and because there's so little dialogue, like I think, like I realized, it was 21 minutes in, and there was like yes. only the voiceover. Like nothing right. had been. No one had spoken a word except like the professor. 
saying like end of the Wagner <laughs> sweets. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's uh, you must that smell must be the cake factory. What? Right. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 the New York cake factory. Is he talking about the cheesecake factory? Oh That's yeah, he loves the cheesecake factory. <laughs> that bread, man, you get that, un- that unlimited bread there. It's great. That's where, <laughs> yeah, That's where this. That's where this building is. This takes place in Fort Greene. <laughs> <laughs> so we end up like they end it. She gets murdered. Is mm-hmm. is the Countess murdered by the alchemist? Maybe. I think or they're murdered by the, by the butler. Okay, I think so she it is was. murdered by the butler. Yeah, right. And the that's guillotine the only other... thing. Oh no! Sorry. The no. Um, or is that the not guillotine? Her? Was the sister? Okay. Guill- Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, hard I to know. keep it's, track. It's it's because uh, guillotine, which also that was a uh, brutal. Like, you know, you get grabbed by witch's hands, and then like yep. one handed, just kept like you oh, know guillotine. Brutal. And then, then Mark comes to New York after her after right. his sister is killed. How did then Daria get killed? Daria got killed by getting the cats thrown on. Her. Oh right. right, cat 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 catastrophe. Cat um, catastrophe. And so she gets killed. Which also, so even that then is like, I was just sitting there before trying to connect all the cats to the mother of tears, but then yeah. maybe not that maybe the butler decided the best way to kill her was to but throw it, cats on her. But it wasn't the butler, because later on the butler was like, what if she comes back? And then right. the, the lady, the... the oh, uh, so yeah. they were just like psyched about it. I think yeah. she, she could have oh. killed them. She could have. Maybe it was her then. I thought she, she killed. Know. I thought yeah. she killed her. Yeah. Maybe that was it. I mean, either way, they get killed and end up in, like, a Universal Studios, like, shock and rock, like, sort of, like, summer school eyes bugged out. And they have their own drama. She's like, you're drunk again. And and he's like, I did not. (laughs) I was not. Not a drop. They were doing a scene from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf for a little bit. They were just, (laughs) that was what they auditioned with. All they want to do is, like, kill all the rich people in this building so that they can live it up. Yes. They, now they can live it up. And so then, so the brother gets there and this again, I wrote just so little dialogue, hardly understand anything. It's just mm-hmm. how I wrote. But like he, what? So he sees all the ants and the, the ants, ants lead to a hole. <laughs> ants, I have no idea what that means. I think he's trying to understand that there's like an air pocket underneath his apartment. Yeah, right. That there's, they're, they're obviously going there. So that's why he puts the hanger down to see how deep it goes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once he finds out how deep it is, then he's like, oh, there's something under here. Right. And he, because he re-remembers that the, the answer, the key is underneath the soles of his feet. Mm-hmm. Was so worried it was going to be maggots. Glad it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Fucking Italians. Also, <laughs> the, the way that apartment is built with that much gap room and cement between yeah. uh, that, that you would never see that now. No. Can't understand the layout of this building. Like, because she, there's a sunroof in this building apparently, too. Yeah. There's like that when the curtains like peel open, there's like that. It's like, where, where does this look? Why guys, is like that is what shows open? you how powerful of a witch she is. That like, yes. this is fucking New York real estate. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all of that area should have been converted into like 80 to 100 studio apartments. <laughs> all of those fucking bubbles of ballrooms filled with water. Mm-hmm. And apparently all of those are different catacombs that lead to other parts of the building, maybe, and maybe it's where the witch lives. 
Maybe. I would, I'm, I, I think it'd be very, not funny, but it would be funny to like, be the character, like as a character, be a guy that tries to like, delve deep into the rabbit hole that is the three mothers conspiracy of like who owned this building who was this man who is the rich eccentric that sold it to the property management that i could feel the connection ah, this is the missing link you know i mean even in ghostbusters to? they mentioned <laughs> yes. shandor who was like you know like that he built yes. the building because he was a lunatic and he was you know into the sumerian like god shit you oh. know like so I would love it if the Ghostbusters mythology lines up with, like, if Evo Shandor is the owner of this building. <laughs> Man. That'd be hilarious. Oh, that's I so mean, funny. I could then draw, I mean, this is, like, really, now this is pulling it. I, just because, you know, uh, she is Zool in that building. Yes. Zool is a subcategory of French Prague mm-hmm. called uh, Celestial Music, that Magma, one of my favorite bands, uh, uh, is, uh, they created it. But I don't. I always wondered if, for somehow, they knew about Zool. If uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking? Ackroyd. Yeah, Ackroyd. If Ackroyd knew about Zool, oh, but yeah. Keith Emerson is in a gigantic prog band that definitely played with Magma. All the lines connect, man. Like, oh yeah, fucking, we can hey, it's a smaller it. world than you think, man. It's a smaller world than you think. You know who's and behind that, it yeah. all? Blood bands. Jeez. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Oh, what, it, got I mean, fu- it got not fun again. Oh, no, it started getting anti-Semitic. That's what David Icke's reptilian aliens want <laughs> you to believe. If we could connect David Icke to the three mothers, then <laughs> we legitimately could be making some fucking cash. We do not need to spell check that book we write. Just needs to be 1,200 pages <laughs> and hardly connect, and made- but it all connects. And Mater Suspiriorum traveled through the dodecahedron into... <laughs> The and this planet was once a celestial consciousness that absorbed intelligence from other planets. There is no way the three mothers are not manipulating the bloodlines so that they are not doing that with the Arukai or whatever the hell, the Anarchusis or whatever. I think I just named uh, Lord of the Rings in a metal band. But I mean, just whenever like, he calls the lizards from the fourth dimension, that manip- we'll talk to a Tamanic about that. He can tell us. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about those, like, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 like, um, all the conspiracy, all the government conspiracies of like, just all praying to the, to the three mothers is very funny to me. I bet you, I know we could convince people that this is a real thing and that ruin our lives, but our Patreon would do so well. We are the oh, three, yeah. we're the three brothers talking about the three mothers. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving to Austin and we're going to fucking do this and finally make some fucking cash, baby. Um, and so it so just to kind of oh also not to skip over just the cat mm. eating a mouse which was nauseating. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you yeah, know what's they, crazy? Today outside of our place, uh, I found a mouse oh. that looked like it had been eaten by a cat and I was like, "Oh no." Oh my god, Frank. I had a squirrel that was dead and run over outside of my house. Has some You're welcome. That love band look outside your apartment tonight. <laughs> There might be some sort of connected vermin well, and the mothers I mean, are like, coming after us. They know we know. Not, they know we know too much. I mean, not to freak you guys out, but I was walking my dog this morning and I was like, sniff, she was sniffing around something. I'm like, what you got there, little princess? And it's like, a, it's a dead rat. 
and it's no. like it's like it's like it had been like hit by a car or something. It was yeah. real kill. All she the signs like, are there. The all three mothers, signs, they're man. hearing us. It's all there. Three mothers are Do hearing your own us. research. Well, everyone, if you could subscribe <laughs> to patreon.com slash the three brothers, talk the three mothers. <laughs> um, we'll get to yes, the bottom of this. We are getting to guys, the fucking bottom. Guys, I couldn't, the, the, look, I don't need to get the vaccine. I prayed to the three mothers. I did my own research. <laughs> and I found that the three mothers are immune to the coronavirus. I hear that the three mothers are conducting their business under Panera Bread. <laughs> We have to go there and stop them. Panera Gate is fucking gonna kill. It is gonna be so good. Three mothers. That's pizza, macaroni and cheese in a bread bowl, and uh, 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 what's the other thing they got a Panera? (laughs) A black and white cookie. And a black and white cookie. See three desserts. Black and white cookie all leads back to the G. <laughs> but, man, I really, like, we could ruin our lives by making this the biggest thing that has ever existed. Connecting <laughs> film Twitter and conspiracy Twitter. Oh, Jesus boy. Christ. Um, uh, but, so, he ends up finding all these pockets and then finds out the truth of, like, <laughs> kind of. Like, that's what I, I just, like, like, I just was just like, did we find out what is happening? Like, that's what my notes of myself. I was yeah. like, I don't know. I, uh, uh, I, I, what exactly I did we talk about? Because I remember nothing I wrote for myself. I was like, what, are, what is this? Well, that makes uh, the witch's uh, mother, uh, Mater Tenebrarum's Veronica Lazar's last monologue so funny. It's because she says all those things. It was like, now you've discovered the truth. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. We <laughs> like, what is wait, that? what? <laughs> <laughs> Please explain it. <laughs> right. I know you've been. I know you've been dying to find this. All, the whole. Yes, we have. What's going on? Well, because also, like, I was just like, I wrote, like, why'd you give up the ghost so quick? Like, it, re- like, it's like he didn't really discover. He doesn't know what's oh. going on. We don't know. And she was just like, yeah, we've been doing this forever. And uh, you, here it is. There you go. He, That's what we did. And then, he walked into the room. You seem to be asleep. She's just like <laughs> head yeah. at the desk. She's asleep. And then just like, you finally found me. And there are many different, uh, there was that part. I remember the first time I saw this movie when she's like, uh, there are many different phases in your change that you have to step through. And I was like, oh man, is there 20 minutes more left of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there's more. And that's always the thing when you're watching like a giallo and there's like what whatever that one sentence is that you're like oh no no we're not done this was this was it wasn't this it oh what are you doing to me <laughs> the fear tell me who you are yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell me who you are tell me who you are rolls <laughs> larry let me do the spot <laughs> with Comedian Jeff Cesario, Mater Lacrimorum, Toad the Wet Sprocket, and now, because he's your friend and mine, Thomas De Quincey. <laughs> so when she tells us who she is, it's that she's death. Mm-hmm. Surprise, she comes out of a mirror, pretty good effects, like fun, yeah, like, like circusy effects, like old timey. Uh, uh, could be, yeah, like, uh, but it, and I love that it's like a Halloween adventure death costume, like it's like a masked yeah. skeleton and masks, yes. like 
and also bigger than you think it's going to be. And like, it's like, there's a, we might've talked about this, Frank. There's an extra in army of darkness that me and my friend used (sighs) to love so much that like, you know, they would do the Harryhausen style, like skeletons. And then they had shots where they had to fill in with real people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's one guy who is like, you're in my body, Frank. Like he's just like wearing a skeleton costume and he just holds the sword over his head and never uh. swings it. And you can see it's an overhead shot in one of the big battles in Army of Darkness and he just runs up to someone and catches the other soldier and then doesn't move. He just like traps <laughs> him with his belly uh. on the wall. That's what this death always reminds me of combined with the various animatronics at the Home Depot I saw yesterday, uh-huh, uh, yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, that's where, at that point, I just literally wrote, Wikipedia, here I come. Because I need to understand what I just watched. Because she, she gives up the ghost. She's like, you found me out. Mm-hmm. I'm death. And then death can maybe die from, I mean, we assume fire? it's not dead, but fire? Fire. I didn't know she died. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it was Phil Hartman in that costume. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that Phil Hartman sketchery's Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Frank, I cut you off. I apologize. No, uh, no, no. I just, I didn't know if she died or not. Because, like, at the end of Suspiria, like, that's kind of like, they all explode, you know? Right. And it's kind of clear, like, oh, that's, they died. But then it's like, if she's death, then she's part of these flames. But then it's implied that maybe... Is the way that he leaves that it's over, or he's right? Been, yeah. But then she said about his transformation. So is it he gonna become something? Or I yeah, it's really unclear. It just has the same ending as Suspiria, which is the building catches on yeah. fire. But Suspiria at least has that great delineation of Jessica Harper actually stabs the demon, like she gets yeah. that yeah. there's a reflection. Some it's like it's one of those things. Where, like the mystery of it is still convoluted. But still, like engaging and like in the and same Jessica way. Harper's going to sell it more too. She's you know? so great. I mean, it's that same way that Deep Red, the 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 mystery is like it's a little convoluted. You don't really buy it by the end, but it is engaging all the way through. Mm-hmm. You want to know. And this movie that doesn't, there's no real explanation. He leaves very easily. He escapes deaths. Like you, it's this buildup, and then he just kind of you know runs past a few exploding light bulbs, and that's it. Like he's he's out of there. Right. So we don't and know. It, yeah, and and what is yeah? Where's he going after that? He was like, "All right, cool, handled that. Guess I'm gonna go back to uh, music school." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with a thousand students, yeah. <laughs> we're all competing for one conducting job or whatever the hell <laughs> we're your planning left. on doing. No, Welcome to, to UCB, right. basically. <laughs> what, look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. One of you is gonna be a great conductor. The rest of you are gonna be LCD <laughs> sound system, <laughs> or or guided right. by voices. Look to or your left. Like, yeah. Or like, what's that other like four? One of you will be Yola uh, Tango. <laughs> <laughs> what's that big 40-piece band that had like a big... Uh, one of you will be Polyphonic Spree. That's it, yeah, Polyphonic Spree. Yes, we'll kind of it. forget that you were a band at a certain point. So <laughs> be like, wow, that was a lot of people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> The swing revival will keep reviving somehow, but still, you'll be okay. <laughs> um, because yeah, she but, just... Yeah, Death just screams at the Death end. Death is just like, yeah, let's do this. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> the monster mask starts playing. <laughs> but luckily it does end. I mean, it, it kind of takes that confusion away because like the best Keith Emerson song happens at that end. Yeah. It's just like a wild ride of just like, yeah, this is everything. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Inferno, it's, 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 it is a wild ride of an Argento film. I think it's, uh, and it is surprising one. It's one, like I said early in the beginning, I don't go back to as often and partly because as, and I'm glad we broke it down and with you, Blood Man, because it's like, it does give me the insight of why it's more convoluted in a way that I usually can't stand, like, can't stand behind as I can with a lot of Italian films as much, but I do think I'll end up rewatching it now with the lens of picturing it and always knowing in the back of my brain that it's maybe even a little bit more of a Bava, lost Bava. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's like, it's better than shock, which I like. Yes. Uh, it, as if you're going to look at it as a Bava thing. I was like, it's, yeah, it's a joint like, Poor Dario's sick from hepatitis and, you know, the old master is going to take over for him. And, it, and you know, there's just no, because, you know, um, I was trying to unlock the plot of A Bay of Blood because that has sure. a convoluted structure. But the kills all, cause, but it has that same thing that I'm sure this did, which like they structured, which was what the Friday the 13th movies all do. They structured mm-hmm. the kills, are, like the, the plot around all of those death scenes. Yeah. So I'm sure it's just like, yeah, I want to, I want to do another Suspiria. This time I wanted the deaths to be a little bit more brutal. Let's like, I hope they'd used a, a doll cat for that one shot of like just smacking the cat over the corner tape. I'm like, I like to think. Yeah. But like you just just for that one shot, I'm like Luckily some well, of the cats look bad enough that you know they're yeah. fake. Like they do look like it's just they've got a giant garbage bag of stuffed animals. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't stuffed, man. Those No man, were, that, that, was, that that bag was full of cats. I yeah, know, that was, I, that, I that want really to think this. <laughs> um yeah, I think like it it is just it's an it's one that is love, but it's just an interesting it's an interesting one in the oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Of, of Dario. Uh, and I do think it does, it it suffers a bit of the visual weight of Suspiria. I think like, the, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I said that completely before, but <clears> like, <throat> because it has enough referential, like we're kind of doing the same tone. It's just a reminder of how good Suspiria looked and how I'm like, not as on board, but still on board. Like I do agree the color patterns are closer to above. They are lighter. They're not the primaries. As he yeah. said, I think it's like periwinkle and like some mm-hmm. very distinct color. They are the lighter ones. And it and it but it does kind of it's weird if like Argento is the next step past Bava realizing we can use these colors as these harsh example and like these harsh like kind of tone differentiators and then to almost pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of an odd move. Um, uh, but again, we know why. Hepatitis and drugs. Yeah. It's just like that ain't helping anything. And Feel also it. hepatitis and drugs in the ending of his marriage with Daria. Like it's like all of that yeah. is like, every, like his life's falling apart. And he doesn't completely ever acknowledge that. But like he's also a delusional man. Like he's I've talked about man. it before. Yeah. I talked about it on maybe on the Suspiria episode and it'll come up on probably a future one, but there's one line in the book that made it all worth it. It's when he's talking about the lead and four flies on gray velvet. And he's like, and even better is like, he almost looked like he was my brother. And I was just like, Dario, that guy is a stunning man. And you are a weird little troll sometimes. <laughs> like, and they Michael have a Brandon. Sh- <laughs> it's so odd. He's just, he's just, he's, he's, his oddness is his beauty. 
and that's why we love yeah. Argento. He's um, like a, he is like a weird like you know I can I can, Dario Argento is one of those directors like his just because of like because I'm friends with like so many people you know like you guys are like mm-hmm. friends like I can see Dario Argento as a young man as a teenager yeah as like a weird as like an artsy kid that's got like a lot of juice bubbling in with no like and of course, he's, he's like he's he's the he's a producer's kid, so he's in yeah. show business already. Yeah. He is like one of the guys from The Strokes. He's like this <laughs> bubbling burst of energy that's just like I gotta I gotta show everybody how fucking crazy I am, and then just yeah. like, and also, and he's got great taste in music. Yeah, and he goes to like weird like you know progressive rock shows in warehouses and like. <laughs> And he's and he has lots of any and like the Italian filmmaking community of the 1970s really has a lot of UCB parallels it, yes. to me at least. Yeah. Of like just like everybody knows each other, everybody's working on each other's scripts, and everybody like I mean you know he didn't he help write Once Upon a Time in America? He did with like, Bertolucci. Yeah. Right. Crazy. All those guys. Yeah, they're Makes all no right. sense. Yeah, it's awesome. I yeah, he's an amazing man. Well, we should. This is where we should be trying to wrap it up. But like, what do you have any final thoughts on our on Argento or on uh, Inferno that we missed? I will say this thing, uh, just to mention that James Woods was considered a Nancy Allen as well. Yeah, those are some interest. I mean, I think. There's some, I will say my, my final, I, I, that was what that, that's something I read on the, uh, on the IMDb and I thought that was very interesting. And my, one of my things of like, something I like about this movie is that there are, Nancy Allen and James Woods, I think are too good for yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There, like there is something, I think Liam McCluskey's doing whatever he, like all, all of them are doing whatever he can. Irene Miracle, by the way, is also um, uh, the, the girlfriend of the main guy in uh, Midnight Express. Uh, so that's the only other thing I know her from. Like, oh, oh, Billy. Like that's that's her. That's Irene Miracle. Yeah. Right. And uh, and they're you know they're they're trying. They're trained. I trust them. They're good actors. There's no characters there. Right. So it's not like having like a better actor in their place would like make this role like any, I can, I can imagine like James Woods would bring something to it and it would be gross. And it would yes. be like, <laughs> like, just like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to fuck my sister. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, and then, and then, and then, and then would just be too good as any of these characters. Yes, I agree. I was just talking about how James Woods is like, in some ways, one of the bigger losses of the conservative monsters. Cause I just do love, you know what I mean? Like you like want to lo- like, he's so awesome when he's acting. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He's like, not and acting. then like, and it's like, and there was a point where it's like, Oh, you can just separate the art from the artist and not. And now it's like so much where I'm like hard to rewatch against all odds. Like or something. Yeah, like. I mean, like the, to me, I le- I love James Woods just because of like if you watch the on the Criterion Channel, there's uh, the uh, the neo noir collection right now, oh, and yeah. one of those movies is The Onion Field, which is like yeah. that's James Woods' big, uh, you know, that was his like breakout movie, yep. is like being like, look at this guy, and he plays a psychopath, and it yeah. makes perfect sense. Like he's it's that it's that quintessential James Woods sleaze that's attract that's you that is like mesmerizing to see yeah. on film as opposed to a real sleaze bag which is like one of the extras from fucking good time or something like, right but like it is those moments like, james woods is a good example of like sometimes you have to be like if you keep playing the 
psychopath. Like, you might be. I mean, it's a it's a Polanski all over. Like, right. it's just well, like right. he's he he happens he happens to be a deplorable sleazebag who's a talented actor and can right. bring that like energy to something that's like you know he has charisma. Some of these yeah. guys, some, re, a real James Woods has almost zero charisma. <laughs> yes, exactly. A, a I'm glad James he wasn't in Inferno. I'm glad we've got this guy. Yelling right. about Rose instead. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, Love Van, this was awesome. I was uh, so Thanks happy so to talk about Inferno. Uh, uh, yeah, I am. I feel like I've got a new a new lens on it, which yep. is great. Uh, Thanks I feel for like having I got me a new on, on it. Yeah. So uh, now that we've talked through Inferno, it is time to do our rating system. Now, usually in Canon Canon, we do, of course. 10 cannons but in this case we are doing our argento rate did we come up with a name for it was it just Argent's rating <laughs> I, I think it was just the black love uh remember the yeah, i do gloves. remember that was black because i could have if we had a fun name for it but of course i don't know a little no. peek behind the curtain we've taken a month break <laughs> yeah so welcome to the the cobwebs being knocked yeah. off so our the black rating glove system. on the spider's web. That's the exactly. Yeah, title. <laughs> With a cat and a lizard brain. And then there's also <laughs> like a dog, maybe. I don't know. Jello. <laughs> uh, so on a scale of one to ten black gloves, what would you give Inferno? I would give, you know what? You know, hey, film Twitter might rake me over the coals for this one. But I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 black gloves. Ooh. I love Inferno. It's insane. But it, yeah. it has no plot. It's not as good as Suspiria. But it, you know what? It's a, it's a good movie <laughs> in that weird way. Movie. I don't know how to justify it. It has no plot. It breaks the rules of, like, what is a good movie. But it is also, like, it's entertaining to watch. Yeah, definitely. Frank, what there do you are, got? Oh, oh yeah, go for it. No, go, Blub. Yeah. My, last, my last point on that is, like, if you go to Amazon... Now, like if you have an Amazon and you and like like me, I have like all the streaming platforms. Like I, I I watch all of them. There are so many terrible movies that were made in that same time period by like you know of like yes. is that great is that great quote from Alex Ross Perry about film school of like if if you show like students of like all right I'm going to show you New York pornography from 1975 and a horror movie made by guys in uh, Knoxville Tennessee. Like you're gonna, this is like what $30,000 could get you right. uh, for like, could make a movie in this time period. People had to beg their dentist to make this movie. And it's shit, it's pure id, it's horrible. It's like, it, it's way, it's, there are so many worse movies and this at least had a bigger budget and this has like, this has like, you know, not the best thought process of like, like, like again, it's like, you know, all delirium from being sick or whatever. And it's, and it's but it's also like, I don't know. It's an entertaining film. It's like, it's one of my, fa my favorite types of movies are movies you can show at a bar at like just any scene and just be like, people, people talk and be like, hey, what the hell's going on over there? Like, that's <laughs> like, those are my favorite movies. So that's why I like this movie. Love it. Frank, how many black gloves do you think? Uh, I think I'm going to give it seven. I'm going seven too. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I I think like this is the the real test is like if would I watch it again, and uh, I would definitely watch this again. 
uh, it wasn't, I, I do think it's um, not as good as Suspiria in both um, action, because we talked about the fact that like the camera's always moving in Suspiria. And while there are shots like that in this, it is a little bit more static and the colors aren't as vibrant, but there's still enough interesting things happening visually um, that keep you invested for the whole movie, even if there are stretches where you're like, I'm zoning out a little bit. <laughs> yes. But isn't that also the mark of a great giallo? Like, yeah. as we've talked about that, you're going to zone out at some point. Like, that's just, that's yeah. part of the ride. Yeah, I think it's seven. I actually would have probably gone six, and then I think I've upped it after talking about it with you guys. Yeah. It feels like I've, I have a, a bigger appreciation for the one that the one that got away is what mm-hmm. I used to call this one. Well, yeah. I mean, we we watch this on Shutter too. So if you want to, I mean, I guess it's already late in the podcast, but like just to let you know which version, we'll probably mention it in our notes or show yeah. notes. But yeah, yeah, we watched the. Or I don't know about you, Dave, but uh, I know yeah, I, Jeff I, and I. I I uh, I bought it on Amazon that the whatever uh, I, whatever available is streaming on Amazon. It's because it's available on. I, I still have no real idea how it works. The streaming platforms right. on Amazon. They some of them feel like they're like recorded off of a TV. Yeah, like, yeah. It's they certainly do. And uh, so I so I I own the, I own the rights to uh, right. Inferno like to stream it whenever I like you know for now. You, you own the license yeah exactly yes. so I have that and it's probably from it's probably the same show I don't like. think there are as many versions of Inferno as other ones so uh, yeah. but we'll go we did the Shutter version here well fantastic Blood Band do you have anything you would like to promote before we let you go um. Uh, I I used to have a podcast called Sexy Spooky Teens about horror movies. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to those episodes, those were fun. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I don't really have I don't really have a lot to plug these days. But I, uh, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just follow him on Twitter. Go follow yeah, follow Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxed. Uh, yeah. If you if you like movies, I write a lot of reviews and I watch a lot of movies. Fantastic. And Frank, where can people find us? They can find us at the Canon Canon. The second Canon has one in on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to sign up for our Patreon. That way you can join the chat on our Discord. Please do. It's fun over there. So uh, until next week, on until next Argentober entry, I'm Jeff Garner. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is. I can't hear you. Speak louder, Rose, please.